Cheers to last Cheers. drinks. <laughs> last drinks. Mmm. Vodka's good, isn't it? Mmm. Black vodka. <laughs> <laughs> that comes in a um, tea bag. That'd be nice. Would it? Vodka in a tea bag. Yeah. Um, I mean, I've heard stuff like. What is it that they? Oh, so I've heard. Have you heard of like people who soak vodka in like tampons and then shove them up their ass? No, I certainly haven't. Yeah, because because apparently it gets to your bloodstream quicker through your asshole. So ah. I mean, that's that's why people shove pingers and drugs up their ass. It's oh well, that's that's the spot. Yeah, I assume. <laughs> <laughs> so is that a good way to start? I think that's a great way to start. To, start, um, to really just show who we who we are, what we value. <laughs> We value shelving. <laughs> <laughs> have you ever shelved? No. no I, I. I've always seen door number two as an exit. Um, but I mean, a man only has, I think, one door, really. Yeah. I mean, unless well, you, you want to get creative and go up door number one. <laughs> well, I suppose. I'm probably not prepared for that level of creativity just yet. No. But we, it could be something we explore with this uh, podcast that we are doing. Um, so, I'm Will. This is Mitch. I'm Mitchell. <laughs> Mitchell. Nice, nice to meet you. We're calling this Last Drinks. Um, Mitch and I met um, at, our, at our men's wholeness group on the Gold Coast called The Brotherhood. Um, and we bonded over... A shared interest, a shared passion. What was that passion, Mitch? Uh, drinking piss. Drinking piss. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, yeah. So, I'm in my sort of journey with recovery. I'm, I guess we're in June now. So, I'm, my sobriety date's the 1st of February 2020. So, I guess that's just over two years now and a couple of months. Uh, Mitch is early on his recovery journey. 55 days. 55 days. Who's counting? Who's counting? Who's counting? (laughs) Oh, you you do count, like, in the beginning. Um, Yeah, yeah. I've certainly, once you, for me, it was like once you get to a year, it's just, yeah, it's just another year, really. Uh, But, yeah, I do remember sort of, I've had experiences of, I had one experience of, like, because I met, I remember meeting someone in AA who was, like, he counted the hours, like, he, he was just like, it, it was an hour sort of thing. And I had an experience like that. I went to a mate's wedding when I was about five months, and this was, uh, this was five months after going to rehab. And as soon as, I, as soon as I got to the wedding, I was just like, I want to drink. <laughs> it was just straight away. Everyone's fucking drinking, and it's like, you know, celebration time. And I thought about, I think, I, don't, I can't remember if I heard that, this guy at this meeting say that, or he said it. Or like before or after this this thing, but it was really just like because I was playing it all over my head, just like how I was going to do it, how I was going to get away with it. It was only going to be the one time, um, and it was just like I couldn't really, I wasn't really present for this. Way. I don't really remember much of it anyway because I just I was just too much in my own head. Um, so that was, but yeah, that was sort of like it was every hour, and then eventually I went home and I didn't drink, and it was kind of like oh that was that was good, and then sort of thinking about it later because when I did relapse eventually after two years when I went to Europe I now sort of realised it was never going to be one night like if you started if you did if you relapsed then you would have just fallen off the bag because um, yep. I guess I know me <laughs> yeah. 
I had very much a similar experience with that. Um, yeah, once you open that door, the floodgates open. Yeah. It's game on. Mm. And there's no stopping. But it seems to be a certain type of person because I don't think everyone is like that. No. So certainly our experience, maybe that's how we sort of bonded a bit, must be similar because obviously I think if everybody's experience was like ours, I mean, they'd probably take alcoholism a lot more seriously <laughs> in society. Yeah, um, Because, so. yeah, there's plenty of people who can just have a couple of drinks and just, yeah, I'm done. Or there's people who can, you know, wake up from a hang, uh, hangover that's a bit too a bit too much one day and just go, you know what, this is, I'm, I'm not interested in this. I'm going to go do something else. Which I guess I always thought, maybe that, that maybe I'll get to that one day. And it was kind of like, no, I just yes. never did. I just repeated that's right. this pattern of behavior. Mm, yes, yeah, I feel the exact same. That's mm. how I am. That's why I'm committed to, to sobriety because, yeah, it's the same pattern. Mm. Uh, you know, maybe the first couple of times you drink, I'd probably get away with maybe a handful. The first time I drank again, mm. the next time it'd be two handfuls, mm-hmm. and then it'd be fourteen handfuls, yeah. and then it's game over. <laughs> it's just, yeah, we're yeah. just we're off to the races. Because um, I guess this is the first one, and we haven't really sort of we're sort of been sitting here. I mean, I don't even know if I'm supposed to look at the camera. If I'm supposed to look at that camera. Yeah, I don't know what I'm supposed to do. Yeah, so we're just all figuring it out. We've we've we got we've got a nice little plant here. Yeah, where, which, uh, I mean, is really holding it together. <laughs> <laughs> we're, it's off the cuff. As um, I've done a podcast with uh, a group who has a podcast. Yes. So I did and discussed a bit about my story on there, which yes. seemed to resonate. Um, quite, it seemed to do pretty well. Yes, it did. Yeah, um, the Brotherly Love podcast for those interested was it episode 18. 18. Mm-hmm. Episode 18. I think it's called like Overweight Alcoholic Redirect, Rewrites His Path or something. Yep. So, yeah, just my name, Will Hitchens, is in the, in the title. Um, yeah, so that was, and I mean, that was, I did that sort of after. Yeah, I think I was in the Brotherhood for eight weeks and like I, I was man of the month, I think, within like. <laughs> The first month, I think, well, the first, the first or second month I was there, but that was because, yeah, I just basically lived at the bars in Burnley. <laughs> got addicted to work. Yeah. Out. Yeah. And, yeah, I suppose that's why we've, we've started this podcast is we both thought, well, well, I mean, I saw your yeah. podcast and I thought, wow, you know, that was, that was really awesome. Mm. Um, and I feel like I've had a different experience to yours, mm-hmm. but still I've certainly uh, fucked up and feel like sharing it with others could be helpful, perhaps. Yeah, and I mean, that's kind of what you learn in recovery is to sort of speak about sort of experiences um, because, yeah, I mean, you sort of get to a point where it's you want to help other addicts yeah. because, you know, certainly like what I went through, you know, I guess I have sort of compassion, just like I'd rather not people, if they can avoid going through what I went through, then better because it's there is much more to life than just pissing it away every, every weekend and for me eventually it just became every day so yeah yeah 100%. um and it's just it's certainly not something that just you know you quit drinking and then it's it's oh well now i now know what to do like i'm, yeah. I'm you know been in recovery nearly five years and i'm still going through the process going through sort of sorting myself out but at least I've put that behind me as well yeah um, 
So I guess, I mean, I remember when we sort of, because you brought this idea to me, um, I hadn't sort of, I guess, had any thought to it because I was sort of dealing with my own stuff. But then I thought, well, that would be good, good to do something. Like, yeah, and so it was just sort of we going back and forth. It's like, well, let's just let's just do it. Yeah, yeah. Let's so that's it. this is what we're doing now. It's just it's just good to start. So if it's if it's all over the place, <laughs> it's all over the place. I mean, it is what it is. You know. Yeah. You start a podcast on your <laughs> yeah, your addictions. Right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and I suppose from a bigger picture, I like to think of it as uh, I think Australia has a pretty serious problem with drinking. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know how much I can personally do about it, but I think maybe. Our conversations could maybe just help a few people. Mm. Maybe that's better than nothing. Well, sh- should we share what our um, actual what, what our actual goal is with this? Oh, what's our goal? So we 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 are going to come so massive with this. This yes. is going to be that. This is this will be bigger than Joe Rogan. Well, he better watch out. Yeah, I mean, everyone's going to want to hear about two blokes. Yeah, get yeah. on the piss too much. Hundred um, percent. To the point where we're going to have alcohol companies come to us and say. We're going to buy you out. You're ruining our business. Yep. So we'll take, what do you reckon? Should we do, we could do like Joe, Joe Rogan's Spotify deal. Yeah. So $100 million. So we get $50 million each to just cancel. Yeah, that's fine. Yeah. <laughs> if Heineken approaches and says here's $100 million, we'll are we allowed to mention? Are we allowed to mention particular brands? <laughs> just like, sure. yeah, just the biggest sure. ones come to us and just, uh, yeah, we're, willing, we're willing to sell out. We need to go local, Great Northern. Uh, <laughs> Burley um, Brewery. Yeah, Burley, yeah, Burley Brewery, if you're listening, um, feel free Bob's to um, So, yeah, we're, we're open. We're open at any We're time. open to selling out. Yeah. <laughs> 100%. Yeah, we will burn our values mm. for the sake of money. Yeah. Just putting it out there. Because, yeah, I mean, we'll need $50 million for that, so each. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Each. Yeah, yeah, one million's not enough. No. Not two million. Uh, if we live for the next few, you know, we're now we're sober, so we're, we're, we're taking care of ourselves, we're... Being more health conscious, you know, yes. we're probably going to live longer. That's you right. know, and I think a million dollars for the next few years, fifty years, yeah, that yeah. seems reasonable. You know, I'm I'm thirty two, you're what, 27, 27. 27 yeah. yeah. So, yeah, just putting it out there. Yeah, feel free, feel free. Um, we'll put our details on our accounts. So, <laughs> <laughs> um, just 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 in case you can't mm. find us in any other way. But certainly, yeah, like there is. I mean, I would say. It wouldn't just be Australia. I mean, I'm, I think it's, I think I think it'd be, it'd be a lot of sort of I guess the Western culture would sort of have a bit sort of in particular. Yeah. What in my experience is probably Australia. It's probably England. It's mm-hmm. probably Scotland, Ireland. Those sort of, like I guess the UK, Ireland. Um, I guess maybe I mean like America as well. But I mean, it's I mean certainly I guess we can speak from our experiences. We're both Australian. We don't need to yeah. talk about the rest of the world. Mm-hmm. Um, so. Yeah, and I guess we, I guess we're sort of looking to sort of talk about our experiences. I mean, we could even start um, since this is the first one. I guess yes. the idea that I had was just talking about the first times that we got drunk. Great question. Yeah, <laughs> yeah great question. I'll start. So I think mine was uh, when I was fourteen years old. I had a couple of mates who we were sixteen that I was in the Army Cadets with, mm-hmm. and they said, look, we're going to go to the city in Adelaide, and we're going to buy a six-pack of Jack Daniels and Coke and a six-pack of Cougar. <laughs> I don't know what that is, but it sounds great. And, uh, yeah, went into the city on a thing. It was a Friday night, and I remember drinking for the first time and the feeling of being drunk. It was like something clicked. 
I was like, fuck yeah, this feels great. Yeah, also and for you, it was, it was just like an instant yeah, thing. Yeah, it was so pretty quick because I guess up to that point, I'd had trouble socializing and I had a lot of um, angst at that time, like through a lot of my youth. And that was just like, it was like a weight had been lifted off my shoulders straight mm-hmm. away. And so it just literally started from there. And I think that the next weekend, same guys, same again. And it followed on and followed on and followed on. To which point, those guys sort of drifted out of my life after a while. And then I had new friends mm-hmm. and we drank. And it just wasn't yeah. like we were partying. We were just getting drinks, sneaking out, going to like parks, local areas, and just getting drunk late mm-hmm. at night. And coming back home, and I remember when I was 15, I came back and vomited all over my bedroom <laughs> <laughs> floor. God. And mum walked in in the morning and said, oh my God, what happened? I said, oh, bloody food poisoning. <laughs> mum, you wouldn't have as a dog. <laughs> So yeah, and that was that was my that was my first experience with alcohol. Yeah, it really took off quite quickly. Because mm-hmm. yeah, so like when you had your first like, is it like vivid in your memory? Just like yeah, I can still remember it. Sort of yeah, this is it. Yeah, the feeling. Yeah, the, yeah, that feeling. Yeah, mm-hmm. I guess chased it for yeah a long time, and um, it was just that it was like a relief from mm-hmm. anxiety and yeah, yeah, just very felt felt relaxed, mm-hmm. felt comfortable for probably one of the first times in my life. Yeah, because like. They say, I mean, they've said it a lot with like heroin addicts, like the first time you take heroin is apparently just amazing and then that's just what you're sort of forever chasing is that high again, which is, it's understandable. It's just like, yeah, we see these people who just, their lives are completely destroyed by substance. You're like, why do they keep doing this? I mean, that's that's one of the reasons is, yeah. is chasing the high. Um, so, yeah, like for me, my... So, like, I remember, like, my first drink was, like, when I was 15. But, like, I was around it when I was 13. Like, it's, like, when I started high school, it, it started appearing in parties. But I just wanted no bar of it. Like, I was just, like, nah. The thing is, because I didn't really, I wasn't really, like, a rebellious kid. Like, I kind of had, like, sort of, you know, don't do it, don't break the law. Because that's how I saw it. It was just, like, by underage drinking, that, that's, that's, that's breaking the law. So I never did, like, yeah, when I was, yeah, 13, 14, so it was around for, like, a couple of years, and I was just, I guess, I was pursuing, sort of, there was a period of time I was pursuing, like, filmmaking and making stupid videos with the friends that I was um, hanging out with, um, and then I made, then I had some other friends, and then, I mean, I have this story in my head, it might not be, it might have just been, maybe something I've just concocted, I'm not sure, but, you know, one friend sort of said, oh, life's about getting laid, getting drunk and getting laid. <laughs> and for some reason, that's like, oh, okay. I'm, I'm, I'm getting this from a guy who's probably, he was probably a drunk and he probably never kissed a girl in his life. You know, we're 15, you know. It's just like, oh, well, he must he must know the keys to, to life. You know, I, didn't, I, didn't, I never thought to question it for some fucking reason. So I remember it was, after, it was a Friday afternoon after school. We were going to, like, this... We went to this chick's place from school, and then we were going to go to a concert in, I think it was in the Broadwater, back up in uh, Southport. So I'm born and raised Gold Coast. And, yeah, I think they they got uh, the old Woodstock cans. Oh, so beautiful. Fucking, fucking that rough shit. And, but because, yeah, like, you know, oh, you drink Coke, so it's, it, there's, I mean, it could maybe taste like that. And it was just... For me, it was just peer pressure. It was just, I mean, it had been going on for a while, just like, I'll just have a drink, just have a drink. And then you just get fed up one day. And so, yeah, that this evening, it was just like, yeah, I mean, they're all sitting in a, I mean, I call them, like, all sitting in a circle, and it was just like, yeah, all right, you just have it. And 
I mean, yeah, I mean, obviously, like, yeah, like, it didn't sort of, it wasn't sort of like a, oh, well, this is the answer to everything. Like, I've heard some people say, I mean, yourself, you're just like, oh, this is it. This is, mm. this is what clears. Yeah. yeah. Um, it was just, oh, I you know, it's, it's like, oh, this is not, it's like a euphoric sort of state, I guess. And then we went out to see, it was a free concert. It was a band called the Presidents of the United States of America. They've released, the, they were like in the, the band in the 90s, it was like Peaches, Lump, Kid. I mean, I, I heard of them. So, um, but yeah, it was a, and it was a good time. There was another band there that was, they were doing, um, they were doing covers of Van Halen, the guys playing Hot Petition. I just learned playing guitar at the time. So it's like, oh, fuck yeah, I'm learning that on guitar. So it's just, and because, yeah, you're in a heightened state because you fucking feel good because you're fucking pissed. You're just like, woo, and it's just, um, and I, then didn't go back to that girl's place. I went stayed somewhere else, and I left my phone at, the, at this chick's place. So, you know, like you get a mobile phone. You know, mum gives you a mobile mm. phone. You know, you're supposed to let her know where you're at. Okay, thirty three ten or something. Yeah, like something that. like that. Yeah. Brick phone. And, um, so obviously the next morning, and then venturing our way, I think we ended up in like Labrador, and then I think she was in like Mermaid. So you know, fifteen year old kids getting from sort of. You know, probably a thirty-minute, twenty or thirty-minute sort of distance without a car. Managed to figure that out. I think I remember ending up at um, like Seven Eleven at Pacific Fair, which is in Broad Beach, and then I think either mum or dad picked me up and just got sort of scolded. Just where the fuck were you last night? It's just like oh, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> and then yeah, like from there, yeah, we'd just be sort of drinking at parties here and there. It was never sort of just like I never, I, I didn't sort of go full blown in the beginning, like. You know, when you could, because I guess we were sort of underage, and um, yeah, so that was my, and yeah, it wasn't anything sort of like, mm. oh, this is, I'm going to be, I'm going to be pursuing this. I mean, it felt great, obviously, because it's just an instant sort of like, oh, now I feel good straight away. Yeah, okay. This is what gets you, I guess. Yeah. Did your Did your parents drink around you when you were younger? Like I've never seen. I don't think I've ever seen my parents drunk. So, my dad used to have, like, rum in the cupboard, Bundaberg rum, the sugar cane champagne. Um, but, like, and then mum has drinks with, um, yeah, I guess with her girlfriends every so often. But, yeah, like, it was never really, like, I didn't grow up in a sort of, I didn't grow up in an alcoholic environment. Like, it was just normal sort of circumstances. And I guess that was something that, it was something I created on my own. I guess I, that was that was, as I've said to you, is something that I mastered, and I have a PhD in alcohol. <laughs> so, um, yeah, and like I got an older brother, younger sister, and like they've had their moments, but it, it's never really been. I mean, I think that's just a lot of people. You know, you have a bit too much, and you, um, you get a bit silly. But yeah, it was just not, not to the extent that, that I took it. Yeah. What was your sort of upbringing? Uh, I guess my mum drank. Uh, a fair bit, but not so much on a daily basis, but she would get super drunk on weekends. Mm-hmm. Um, and I've been told that that was maybe the reason that I drank so much and because when I do drink, I tend to go over the top. Mm-hmm. It's because that was the role model that I had as a child. Yeah. That kind of behaviour mm. carries on to adulthood mm. and and that's why I drink the way that I drink, which mm-hmm. is drink to get drunk, drink quickly, um, yeah, so that's why it's interesting that I've had that and I had that experience as a child, yet your parents 
didn't really drink. No, still so, like, well, I think yeah. I must have got that from the people I was hanging around with. And mm. I think we discussed it on the, briefly, I think, on the podcast with Guy and Kato, was just, I guess, the camaraderie of the lads, the boys, you know, just like who can sink the most piss, who can, like, you're sort of egging each other on, who can get the most fucked up. So, yeah, like, yeah, that was sort of ingrained in me. It was never ingrained in me that you go out, you have a glass of wine, you go to the pub and have a, have a pint, and that's it. It was always, no, you, you go out and you... You fucking, you fucking go full blast, like, you got the keys to the Ferrari, we're driving 200 kilometres an hour, sort of thing, so, um, and I heard stuff with, like, even with parents, I mean, because, I mean, that's what I look at now, it's like, I'm grateful that my parents weren't like that, um, because I can certainly see the benefits of sort of having parents that are present, because obviously, talking with other people whose parents, and then people who talk to me, it's like, yeah, like, like, fathers and mothers and stuff who were drinkers and stuff and how it affected their sort of upbringing and for some people like I guess yeah like where they're, they're supposed to have an adult like their parents are supposed to be the adult but then oftentimes because they're just fucked up fucking around all the time the child Ooh. has to grow up very quickly oh yeah yeah that was I had fucking I had a wild experience like that mm. as a kid um, yeah with mum being drunk in public and I'm essentially like I was like I had a memory when I was eight years old and I had to look after mum. She was at a Christmas party in the city and she got so drunk that, and at that age, you don't even know what that means. Yeah. It's super fucking scary because mm. what is, why is, why is mum acting different? Yeah, This yeah. doesn't make any sense. Yeah, you're um, used to sort of, your mum acting a certain way and all of a sudden she drinks some, some special sauce and then now she's just something different. Exactly, yeah. I remember her having a car. We drove in and then she wanted to leave her car in the city, which I didn't understand why, but of course it was because she was drunk. Mm. It was quite late at night in the city. She said, we're going to get into a taxi. We got into one. She told the address to the taxi driver, and he opened the little street directory book going through that took too long apparently, so mum punched him. Then, <laughs> <laughs> of course, we got kicked out, of the, yeah. kicked out of the taxi, ended up having to catch a bus, which we got kicked off that as well because mum mm. was carrying on, mm. and she left her handbag and her stuff just laying on the bus side to like collect it so mm. I'm just scared she was yeah, yeah. what the fuck is going on mm. um, and then fortunately a police car drove past um, when we were sitting on the side of the road in the middle of the night mm. and picked us up and, and dropped us home yeah. and that was really that was scary yeah like you say when, it, when as a child you have to act as a parent mm. it's uh, yeah and that, and that memory really sticks with me as one of the worst moments of my life yeah, yeah, it's, uh, it's something I wouldn't wish upon anyone. Yeah, it sounds and, pretty traumatic. Yeah. yeah, it was full on, and I guess that's why, like, I made a pact to myself even when I was younger. And probably this is part of the reason that I don't want to drink anymore. And it's because I said I would never be drunk in front of a child. Like that mm. was like a thing, um, particularly my own children. I would yeah, never yeah. be drunk in front of my own children because it's just so scary. Mm. Because the kids don't know, they don't understand. Mm. They don't understand. It, it's extremely confusing, mm. and it can make you untrustworthy because your caregiver is one person one minute mm. and then another person the next minute. Yeah. So the signalling is is intense for a child. Um, yeah. And so, yeah, that's part of my one of the many reasons that I don't drink anymore mm-hmm. um, is is for that reason too. So that eventually, if and when I do have children, mm-hmm. uh, you know, alcohol is completely out of yeah. the equation. I mean, I certainly have that sort of, yeah, I have that sort of intention as well to just, because 
especially I guess because I was fortunate enough to have parents who, yeah, like I said, like I don't think I've ever seen them drunk, and it's for because I mean, I guess from my experience, I just think they were too busy. Mm-hmm. I just think that if I guess if they were to fit, because you know they were both full time workers, they raised older brother, younger sister, like one of three. Um, that we're doing all these other extracurricular activities, like Dad was the coach on the cricket team, he was the coach on my brother's cricket team. Like, looked at, like there was just too much sort of going on. I mean, I always just wondered, just like, how in the fuck did they fit in sort of <laughs> anything together? But um, yeah, I mean, that's how I sort of rationalised. I just don't know if they would, they could fit it in. But it's just, I mean, Mum would sort of say, "Our oh, Dad was a pisshead when he was in med school." And it's just like you just sort of, I mean, I don't know. She always says so. It's just like I don't know whether whether to take it seriously or not. But I mean. I guess, yeah, like that's always the thing. It's like people have their moments and then just, you know, sort of, all right, let's, let's, that's, that's enough of that. Let's move on to something else. Whereas, I guess, um, in my experience, I never moved on from that and just sort of kept going because I guess I didn't know any better. Um, but, yeah, back to sort of, and certainly like when I was in rehab and then meeting sort of, meeting people who had kids and like one of the reasons they're in there is because, you know, I'm trying to get the kids back, or they're trying to get their partners back, or they're trying to sort of, and it was like, for me, it was just like, well, I didn't have any kids, I didn't have a partner, it was just like, well, yeah, like, certainly, like, a good reason to sort of stay, because, I mean, yeah, like, you're supposed, if you're a parent, you're supposed to be a parent, like, I found with meeting sort of parents who would drink it, like, I mean, I remember, like, an old friend, like, his, his dad was a drunk, and he was a drunk, and they would hang out like mates, mm. and it's kind of just like, kind of, like, yeah, like, I guess there's part, maybe there's part of you who wants to be friends that you still got to be a parent, I guess, first. 100%. As, as, I guess, especially, I don't know, maybe if, like, our age now, maybe you could be friends with your parents. But sort of in those formative years, I think there still needs to be sort of just, like, parent, sort of, this is a child, sort of. So especially, yeah, like, if you're getting on the piss with your son, your son or your daughter, it's just sort of like, like, think, you know, if you think about, like, when you'd be at, like, a house party... And then the parent would come in and you'd think, yeah, this is fucking cool. Like, how, how fucking funny is that? And then now I look at it, it's just like, that's pretty sad. It is sad. Like, yeah. for the parent that wants to hang around. Like, to me, that like, <laughs> like, if I was had kids and they're like, yeah, let's get on the piss with my kid, I'd be like, fucking no. Like, <laughs> that is so, like, I'm thinking it's lame. They probably think it's like. Yeah. Um, I suppose for some parents, if, if you can have a handful of drinks and, you, and you're one of those people that don't have a problem with alcohol, I suppose mm-hmm. it's okay. Probably yeah. give it the pass mark. Because um, I guess that's the thing is I don't, have, I don't necessarily have a... Th- uh, I don't think alcohol is bad for everyone. I think for some people it can be really great. It can yeah. help you relax. You can have one or two. makes you slightly more sociable. Um, it can be used for many different things, mm. just like any drug. Yeah. Uh, drugs definitely have utility. Alcohol has utility mm. in our society. But it just seems to be... Overuse happening everywhere. Yeah, I guess it's just finding the balance, and certainly, I guess in our case, um, yeah. I mean, like, for, like in for my case, it was just like there was no way of me trying to balance. I mean, the thought of trying to sort of balance, and I think as like control drinking is what they sort of say, in sort of recovery. It's just like once you sort of get past that point, it's really hard to sort of ever get back to a point where you can sort of control because. Like, I think I could go out and have a couple of drinks and it could be... I mean, the last time I relapsed, the first night, that's sort of what I did. Um, but then I'd have to 
do that again and again and again yep. and again and again and like the thought of that is just like it's easy to just like they say if it's easy to have none than to have one and stop like yeah you might be you might be in trouble like <laughs> yeah so I, yeah I can relate to that so much even today walking back from Burley to here along the uh, Esplanade and there was a guy sitting up on one of the uh, post fences, you know, he was looking off into the sun, just sipping on a cider, mm. you know, it's around midday, and I just looked at him and I thought, fuck, that would be nice. Mm. <laughs> but then I also thought, I, there's no way I could have one. There's no yeah. way I'd have one, and then, all right, I'm going to get on with my day. Mm. I Like, I would always be, if I had that one at lunchtime on a weekend, mm. that's it. But you, be, but you can also have what that guy's doing without the cider. Well, that's exactly right. You could sit there yeah. and look at the sun without the cider. You mm. could do... I mean, that's certainly... Because that's part of stuff in my brain where I... You know, because alcoholics and addicts, there's all these wild stories. There's all these sorts of escapades that we that, that go on. And, I mean, part of me was attracted to that because it sort of makes you interesting. But and then there's some experiences where I had, and that's just sort of like, oh well, you know, if I wasn't drinking, I don't know if I'd have that experience. And it's just like, well, you don't know, like, like for most of these experience, I mean, depending on the experience, like for the most part, the alcohol really had nothing to do with it. You just were sort of in sort of some position where you could have not been drinking and probably had some maybe a different experience, probably even a po- more positive experience because, sure. um, as we know, like alcohol is a depressant as well, so. I mean, I've had my issues with mental health. I'm still going through that. I've been battling, going through depression and anxiety for most of my 20s. I'm still sort of dealing with shit in my 30s. And it's, yeah. Um, and just, yeah, so certainly when I used to be on antidepressants and I don't have, um, I guess, authority to sort of suggest. To me, I don't think they, they worked, but... At the same time, I was abusing alcohol yeah. while I was using them. <laughs> the so ultimate. the ultimate. So it's hard for me. It's hard to say. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. It's a good point, and I'm the same. I definitely battle with mental health, and it makes you wonder if that's why we have both have problem drinking. Mm. Because we can't sort of we struggle to sort of deal with shit in our heads. Well, a good way to sort of um, instantly fix that is just have a couple of beers. <laughs> Well, I mean, that's what, yeah, that's just, I mean, that's what, you know, I would think. And then people around me, I guess, that I was around would sort of say, oh, yeah, just, just have a couple of beers, you'll be right. So the thing, it's just the she'll be right attitude in Australia. She'll be apples. She'll be up, you know, so. How you have your problems with alcohol, even though your parents didn't really have a problem with alcohol. And I have a family history of problematic drinking, mm-hmm. but yet we both have had addiction problems at times. Mm. I guess the, the thing that I'm noticing is addiction doesn't discriminate. No. It, do, it doesn't matter who you are. No one sets out to be an alcoholic. Mm. No one drinks with the intention of becoming an alcoholic or any kind of drug addict. Yeah, I mean, I'd tell you firsthand, just like where I was five years ago, like that was, I still just look as like that That was me. Like I, I can't even sort of picture that person anymore. Yeah. Um, and like I've got because I used to do stupid videos on social media so that I've got archives and videos that I used to do on like whether it was Vine which was the old sort of it was the pre-TikTok era 
because uh, I'm old. And so <laughs> we used to used to make vines, and then um, I used to make videos on Snapchat. And um, it's funny, like I, especially sort of, I guess, being creative, and um, I guess you know, I do like, I guess I have a sense, I do like comedy, I do like sort of um, cracking jokes and stuff, but certainly from a creative perspective, and it's it's one that can come up with, you know, when you get musicians, you get artists or whatever, and then they're drinking and taking drugs and stuff, and an excuse they'll use is just like, oh, well, I need to do this because it helps me create, you know, and then in some cases, it's like, oh, yeah, you look at the Beatles records in the 60s, yeah, I mean, some of Octopus Gardens and fucking Yellow Submarines. Yeah, maybe you needed to take LSD to get that sort of um, creativity. But um, I mean, I think for a lot of it, I think I think the I think it's I think it's there in people. I think maybe this helped you get to it, but certainly being reliant on well, I need to do this. I need to drink this. I need to take these things because it'll help. You know, my create. Any, there's just any sort of external thing, whether it's creativity, whether it's you know, to you know people who um, or drink Red Bull, take um, what is it? What is the, the sort of stimulant stuff? Because they got to stay up and work and stuff. Yeah, like, like no dose or Ritalin. Yeah, 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 like, yeah, like yeah. shit like that. So, because um, yeah, my experience when I was creating sort of funny videos, and I get pissed, and sort of it's like, oh, this is this is fucking funny, <laughs> and I'd watch the next day, it's just like this is not, and I'm watching the videos back that I made back then watching now, maybe it's just maturing that I'm, you know, I'm an older guy. But most of it isn't funny. Most of it's pretty sad yeah. and embarrassing. And that's, um, yeah. Yeah. So it's, it's sometimes tough to look at and that's just like, Oh fuck, this must be what the people around me were sort of looking at. Yes. And that's such a good yeah. point. Yeah. That's a great point. Cause yeah, it's like that when you're, when I would drink, I thought, oh, God, I'm so much funnier. And mm. doing that last night was hilarious. Yeah, yeah. It was hilarious to me. Mm. But everyone else, it was idiotic. Mm. And uh, I guess that's when you realise that alcohol can delude your perception of how you're looking to everyone else. Yeah. And like you say, if you could actually see yourself sober, you'd be pretty embarrassed. Mm. I think. And I used to get that a lot the next day I would come to or two or three days after or however long yeah, yeah. Up. Mm. and you come to and realise mm. what's just happened mm. and that just happened so many fucking times I got to the point where I was like I just can't do this to myself anymore because it's just humiliating yeah I remember I mean I used to do I mean my behaviour used to get erratic and I would like I would just send sort of terrible messages to people and then I would delete the messages and then because I'd be in a blackout I'd wake up the next day and then I'd have no memory of what I did because I got no idea what I sent so many people. So it was shit like that. Because and then you're in the moment, you just think, yeah, this is this is this is a good idea. I mean, that's why like I I have a bit of an issue with when people say, oh, when you're drunk, you show your true colours. I'm just sort of like when it was explained to me, uh, I was like a psychologist. So it's like there's a part of your brain that does like rational thinking, and if you drink too much, that just goes to sleep, which has to make because the amount of shit that people do and you think do you really think that these people would fucking do this sober like just like yeah let's let's put a shopping trolley on the roof and ride it off yeah that's a good idea let's get behind our we're blind drunk let's get behind the wheel of the car and you know do burnouts and shit you know there's so much stuff that um and then yeah saying because yeah like i i mean i i recognize it yeah like now just 
because yeah, you, you think about you're talking to somebody and you think about saying something, and then your brain says, "No, hang on, maybe don't say that." <laughs> the filter's there. The filter's yeah, there. Yeah. Whereas it goes to sleep, and you mm. just say something completely far-fetched and offensive to someone, and then you get a drink in the face or a slap in the yes. arm. And even like they do those ads for, um, you know, alcohol fuel violence, and usually what it is. It's a guy walking past, like walking past someone, there's a bit of a shove and the drink goes everywhere and the guy just punches his lights out <laughs> straight away, like reactionary straight away. Yeah. Like that's happened, like I've gone out sober and that happens and you just, yeah, you know, it's going to happen if you're going to go out. Yeah. So. And who's the better version of Will, the one that punches him or the one that doesn't? <laughs> How hard did he punch him? <laughs> yeah. Knock his fucking lights out. Like, um, yeah, so there's... So I guess we could talk about, because I guess, like we've said, that you're early in your recovery, mm. and I guess your recovery is just basically you just stopped. Yep. So my story is a bit different. Mm-hmm. We, so what, I guess, what's been like sort of, because you guess we're 55 days, so how yes. does it sort of get to, because I think you were, you were still, when we met, you were still drinking. Yes, at that point I was. Yeah. Yeah, when I first moved up to the Gold Coast from Adelaide at the start of this year, uh, I was still drinking. I moved up here with the intention to quit, which uh, I now have, fortunately. Um, but I actually quit for the first time probably a few years ago. Mm-hmm. So I guess, winding back the clock, my problematic drinking has been around for at least, well, 10, 13 years. Mm-hmm. Yeah, 13 years. And it's probably after 10 years is when I started to noticed that it was a problem Mm -hmm. and I tried to quit. Well, I didn't quit for the first time, but I did the old, I'll quit for three months Mm -hmm. and I'll completely reset my, Mm -hmm. that'll completely reset my drinking and then I'll be back to a moderate (laughs) drink. It's just three months. It's a three month break. It's all I Yeah, because it's like, what is it, they do stuff about um, something like your cells or something reset after a certain time. So I guess, yeah. Oh yeah. Just, yeah. You'll just, your liver will just go back to, yeah, yeah. to, to the starting point. Yeah. That's it. Just blow into the Nintendo. Psh, it's yeah. done. Yeah. yeah. Ten, year, ten years of drinking. Ten will be undone in three months. Yeah. That's fine. <laughs> that's <laughs> Everything will be forgotten. I'll be a new man. Yeah. And, no worries. Straight. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's it. So of course I went back to drinking uh, because uh, to, guess explain a bit of my background is um, was in the Army Reserve from 17 to 24, uh, was in the construction industry from 20 to 27, still only really stopped um, at the end of the last year, and then also played footy from 19 to 26. Yes. So three environments that yeah. alcohol is rampant, yeah, and yeah. it's part of the culture. Mm-hmm. Um, so trying to quit in those environments is pretty difficult because mm-hmm. it kind of meant I had to sacrifice the relationships that I'd created because they were based around alcohol. I yeah. felt that if I quit drinking, I'll lose my friends. Yeah. So th- and that and I think that's very common that for is, a lot yeah, of people out it there. Is, yeah. um, and so I quit for a few months and yeah, went back, of course relapsed, just went went nuts for probably another year or so. And then it wasn't until uh, my drinking really started to get bad, which was, I guess it manifested in the way that I couldn't moderate. Mm-hmm. It got to a point where I couldn't actually moderate it at all. So I was like, there was a couple of distinct moments, not the end of the last year, but the year before, where I remember saying, I'm just going to have a couple of drinks at this thing, 
And I remember one, it was like, I'm going to have two drinks at this work golf day. Mm. So I drove there and it was on the other side of Adelaide. So I parked my car there, ended up probably having, I don't know, 14 beers in the space of three hours, <laughs> of course. So I had, had one, of course, the, the mindset changes straight yeah, away. Yeah. Oh, shit, yeah, bro. This is <laughs> She'll be right. Yeah, it's just like, oh, you'll, you'll be fine. Yeah, you're fine. Just have, yeah, it's fine. It's just, it's, you had the first one. So yeah. It's okay, Mitch. Yeah, yeah, it's fine. See, look, nothing bad's happened. Nothing bad's happened. You have another one. one. <laughs> have a hundred. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Have shots. Like, exactly. Yeah. Let's go. And so I remember, and at that point, I was smoking cigarettes every time that I drank. Mm-hmm. And I yeah, finished the round of nine holes and I wanted some cigarettes. So I jumped in my car, pissed, drove to a servo, a couple of Ks away, bought the cigarettes, came back, which is fucking stupid in itself. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then continued to go to uh, a brewery, which was sort of halfway between my house and home. Mm-hmm. Drank there for another three or four hours and then ended up in the city until about three or four in the morning. And then, of course, waking up Saturday, it's like last night I was supposed to have two drinks. Yeah. And I had like 40. Mm. So that was the point for me where I realized, yeah, I've, mm. got a, I've definitely got a problem here. Yeah. Um, I mean, I sort of knew it already, but that was kind of the catalyst at that point. Yeah. Well, yeah. we're very good. I mean, especially me. I mean, I always knew, I knew for ages that I was an alcoholic, but I didn't want to admit it. Yeah. Certainly, people. It, uh, certainly, if people would come to me and say, "Look, we think you have a problem," I'd, it, it's just you'd just be sort of like on attack, or sort of just like "fuck you," you don't know me. Yeah, sort yeah. Of thing. <laughs> um, exactly. Yeah, yeah. So, so you had that sort of moment yep. where you're like, "Okay, I think we've got a bit of an issue here." Bit of an issue. Like, yeah. Because I mean, you said an intention. Like I never said. I never did that. I was just like, <laughs> yeah. I just, I just, I just accepted. this like I was never going to fucking do that. I was just like, oh, this is the only way I was ever going to drink. It was like if I was going to, the only intention I had was just to get as pissed drunk as possible, just and just go fucking full on. So interesting for your. So yeah, the next the Saturday morning. Yeah. So and then I, I just remember coming to and really reflecting on my behaviour and. I sort of, at the same time, I was sort of trying to get into some counselling. And I think this was towards the end of 2020, mm-hmm. which getting any kind of mental health service was very difficult. Yeah, yeah. Because everyone was going through isolation. Mm-hmm. Everyone was having, well, I shouldn't say everyone, but there was, was a, there was a, was a significant a, increase the, yeah, in the amount of people yeah. having um, mental health issues. And understandably. Understandably, yeah. exactly. And fortunately, I got into some counselling through defence counselling called Open Arms, mm-hmm. which is free for any um, sort of serving or ex-serving military personnel. So I was very fortunate to get in because all the other psychologists that I rang, it was like a three-month wait. Yeah. Whereas I managed to get in within about two weeks mm-hmm. with this counsellor. So I'm very grateful for that. Um, and so, yeah, I went to the counsellor and chat, chatted with her and, yeah, first session, she's like, you have a problem with alcohol. <laughs> You're like, fuck off. <laughs> Give me my money yeah. back. Fuck this. Fuck you. I'm going to the pub. Yeah, yeah exactly. Mm-hmm. And so that was, um, really made me think about my choices and my future. You know, what's mm-hmm. my future going to look like? Yeah. Am I going to be this pisshead? Yeah. Who's gonna, who's what gonna, future do you have? Yeah. So, am, yeah. I gonna, am I going to have a car smash? Mm-hmm. Am I going to kill someone else? Mm-hmm. Uh, am I going to achieve my goals if mm-hmm. I drink? Um, and she helped me through facilitating all of this stuff. Yeah. She'd ask me those kind of questions like, paint your life 
with alcohol, paint my life without alcohol. And so I went through that process, and then I listened, I, I caught on to an audio book called The Easy Way to Quit Drinking. Yeah, Alan Carr. Alan Carr, yeah. Yeah, and he had another one, I think his main one was what, to quitting smoking. Yeah, that's right. Did, which I've heard people use and then related to drinking, so I guess he yeah. must do one for drinking as yeah. well. Yeah, and, and I found that to be really the silver bullet in a mm. lot of ways. That was kind of a thing. I remember finishing that book and going, yeah, this is, it. this is, he's right. Like, I can't, well, mm. well, I guess, yeah, and the thing is that the book is interestingly called The Easy Way to Control Drinking. Oh, is it is about controlling your drinking? Well, that's what the title's called. Yeah. But in the book, literally in the first chapter, he explains, if you're listening to this book, you probably can't control drinking. <laughs> it's <laughs> so, like, yeah. Because yeah, yeah. uh, that's good marketing. It is good marketing. Yeah, like, yeah, like, yeah. Because there'd be so many people, I mean, for, I mean, I don't know if I, if I was ever sort of considering it, but yeah, like, it's like, oh, I could control my drinking. Excellent. Yeah. Let's let's look for the mirror. Like, yeah, I guess yeah. we're in our society. We're always looking for the quick fix. We're looking yeah. for like the easy way, the easy route, the comfortable route. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, spoiler alert: anyone that's um, going to listen to easy way to control drinking, there's no way to control drinking. So no, sorry about that. Apologies if I ruined the no. party for anyone. But um, <laughs> and then yeah, from there, so I decided to quit in the start of 2021, and held pretty strong throughout the year. But I was still playing footy. Still working in construction, uh, and that was really met with a lot of confrontation, yeah. judgment. Mm. Why, are you, why are you quitting drinking? Yeah, you just yeah. got to learn to control it. Mm. Oh, come on, mate, just have a beer. Yeah, yeah. You're thinking about it too much. Mm. Those kind of things. Mm-hmm. And um, eventually, I did crack, you know, because I, oh, I can control it. You know, it'll just be this one time. Yeah. And I actually came up here from Adelaide to Brisbane to visit a friend, and we're out on the Brisbane waterfront. Oh, the brown and, snake. No, the brown snake. <laughs> and I just, yeah, couldn't help it. You know, I mean, I could have, but it's just, it was too tempting. I was with friends and uh, before you, and then that night got blind drunk. And then within a matter of two or three months, I was back to hardcore binge drinking a couple mm-hmm. nights a week at least. And yeah, that carried on until like got really bad at the end of last year. Really drinking very hard mm-hmm. until the start of this year, when I knew I was close to quitting. Mm-hmm. I knew I was close, and then joining the Brotherhood and meeting you in particular mm. uh, really helped me quit because it made me realise I can have a fun life yeah. without drinking. Mm-hmm. I can have an adventurous life yeah. without drinking. That was one of my biggest concerns mm-hmm. is I'm not going to be able to have fun anymore. Yeah, yeah. If I quit drinking, I can't have fun. Yeah. I can't have any friends. How am I going to socialize? Mm. How am I going to go to parties? How am I going to go to weddings? Yeah, yeah. This is what stopped me from quitting for good. Or yeah, for, yeah. And then but meeting like-minded people that are, that are on their sobriety journey, mm. it makes all of the difference. It does. Because, because you go, fuck, actually, I can be happy. Yeah. I can laugh. Mm. I can be. I can do all of these things. And mm. life's actually, like looking at you, for example, Will, like... Seeing photos of you before to now, you've mm-hmm. lost so much weight. You're <laughs> such a funny, lovable guy. You know, you've done all these amazing things, and like you're so well respected within our community. Yeah. And dead sober. Uh, yeah. You don't need a single drink to, to earn that. No, yeah, appreciate all that kind words. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. um, but it's true, mm-hmm. you know. And, and it wasn't until us really, because I think when I was back in Adelaide, I didn't have anyone in my life that was sober. Mm. It was within my age group, I guess. Yeah. There were people in my family that were older, mm-hmm. that are sober. A lot of my dad's side of the family, well, they're all completely sober. 
but uh, I didn't have anyone in my age that mm. I saw as, you know, fun and a bit, bit crazy mm. and can have a great time mm. without alcohol. And yeah. so that's what scared the shit out of me. Yeah. And it's funny because, like, you think the back before you're drinking, we used to, I mean, I guess we were kids, we were mm. teenagers, we used to have fun. We didn't have it. We had no idea what this stuff was. We had no idea what drugs or alcohol were. So it is possible. It's just that we've sort of convinced that after sort of prolonged sort of abusing sort of something, abusing a substance for so long, you just it, you can easily your brain can easily convince yourself you can't live without this. I mean, that's it. Might where it was for me where there was just there was times where it's just I can't do anything without punching back something. I mean, yeah. like socialising for me was like. If we're going, we're going out. You'd go have prees beforehand. I would be, I'd be drinking at home before going to drink at prees before to drink to go out. Like, because yeah, like I couldn't, I couldn't be around people. Like I had to have a buzz on for interacting with people yeah. and then going out if if it ever made it that far. Because um, yeah, I mean there was times where it was just like I just get pissed at home. So, <laughs> like, um, so like you're like when you came up in, I guess. Was that the because yeah you know, when you you had your last sort of run when you came up yep. to Brisbane? Mm-hmm. Do you remember sort of you like you're on you're on the Brisbane River? Yep. Was there just sort of moment? Was it just sort of building up in your head? Just sort of just like it's going to happen. It's yep. going to happen. Yep. It's going to happen. Literally, yeah, yeah. Happen. And then the, the the defining moment was we went to the Bottle O, and my mates went in, and I went in with them, and they bought their beers and. Curiosity killed the cat, and mm. I bought a six-pack of Great Northern Lights and tried to trick myself. I'll buy six. This is what I said. I was like, I'll buy six beers that are one standard each. Yeah. So six standards, and I thought, that'll, that'll be fine. You know, I haven't <laughs> drunk in seven months. Yeah. Right, I'll be able to have this, and I'll go back to Adelaide, and I'll be sober again. Mm. That was the intention. Mm. Did not go that way. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Did not go that way at all, you know, before. So I finished those six beers in probably an hour or so, and then by the time... Before we even left, I probably had a couple of vodkas. Went to dinner before I knew I was drinking margaritas. Mm. Then I was in Fortitude Valley. My other two friends had left who I was originally going to go home with. Mm. Yeah, yeah. So I ended up staying out. So I'd like, it was like night one. I've already got the gas when I said I was going to do <laughs> Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like, that's... Which that's usually what, yeah, yeah. can happen, yeah. yeah. It's just, you just go off. Yeah. Go off on your adventure. That's it, because it's like, fuck, finally. You know, I'm back. Mm. I'm back drinking and... Um, and yeah, just got just got pissed and bought a packet of cigarettes that night as well. So it was just like, it was like everything yeah, just yeah, came back. Yeah. So it was like smoking connected to the drinking. Yeah, so definitely. like when you didn't drink, you didn't smoke. Yeah, pretty much. Mm. Yep. Yeah, yeah. Since being sober, I haven't had a cigarette. Don't don't crave them. So like when you were sort of not drinking around these friends of yours, were they sort of would they? egg you on everything, just, oh, come on, just have one, come on, just, or they eventually Ooh. just taper, I guess, depending on, because I guess, yeah, like, you're playing AFL, you're in the construction industry, yep. yeah, tradies, yep, that's just, right, yeah, just going to the pub on Friday afternoon, it, yeah, it was yeah. all that kind of stuff building up, you know, it wasn't, my, my close friends um, were pretty good, there was a couple who, at times, said things that were quite unhelpful, mm-hmm. but overall pretty good, mm-hmm. um, but, it was definitely at work functions and at football functions. That's when the pressure came. That's mm-hmm. when the commentary came. Um, and, you know, even though a lot of the time it was joking, but it, it, it plays in your mind. It does. Especially too. when yeah, you yeah, see yeah. them drinking and you're sitting there sober, Bob, like, mm-hmm. and everyone's up dancing and, and that mm-hmm. kind of thing. 
am I'm being fucking boring? Maybe I should just have a drink. You know, these are the thoughts that got and that's, yeah, yeah, that's what you'd start telling yourself. And yeah. then I guess if there's the addict part of your brain that's just going, look at you, you're a fucking dickhead. You're just sitting here. Look yep. at you. You look like a sod. Sad sod. You should have some drinks. Get yep. into the debt. When really, like, if you... And I guess the work that I don't know, we've been both doing, I mean, especially sort of part of this group, is sort of building confidence within yourself mm. um, where you could just go out and dance in the, you know, at a, at, you know, whether it's in a bar or in a club or whatever and be okay with it because then you just start running with, like, if all these people are pissed and I'm dancing like a dickhead, who gives a shit? Like, yeah. Because they're all that wired out of their mind and, you know, you can be in there just sort of having a good time and especially, like, being in this group with the boy, like, certainly there isn't, it's not like it's a sober group. I mean, some of the boys have a few drinks here and there but there's certainly guys in the group their relationship isn't sort of... I mean, Adams, for example, he's just like, yeah, I just go out. I don't spend any money. Yeah. You know, I'm focused. You know, I can talk. You know, I can just dance. And then I go home and I'm fresh in the morning. And it's just like, oh, fuck. Like, yeah. certainly, yeah. If I was, and he's 25. It's just like, fuck, you know, if I was 25 and had that fucking, <laughs> yeah. you know, attitude towards it, like, that's... Um, and then even, uh, I think, uh, Dominic as well, you know, he did the 75 hard. And then he had... I think he had a celebr- he just had a celebratory drink at the Pav, yes. With with that, and then he even sort of explained to it. He's just like, yeah, it just was. It was just like I didn't really want to to keep. So it was kind of he just sort of just like, oh, being off it for so long, and then you just sort of like, yeah, just don't really sort of doesn't sort of align with what he wants to do. And yeah, I, that's what I like about especially sort of like hearing, especially hearing from younger guys, like they're sort of switching on a lot sooner than I did where I sort of had to just drive the fucking truck off the fucking motorway, <laughs> just crash it, yeah. keep crashing it. Like, because, yeah. yeah, like, it was, um, and, I mean, that's that's for a number of reasons. I think, I mean, I, that, that's something we can go into as we explore this space yeah. that we hold. I don't know. <laughs> um, so, I guess the last time, so, yeah, you would have been, you moved up here, because I remember we've chatted that when you joined the group. Yeah. That you were drinking, like you were drinking the night before. I remember you said you were drinking before family, but which is the Saturday morning session. Saturday, Saturday morning beach session. Yeah, yeah. And I was like, so "What? You're getting up at four o'clock in the morning, punching a few <laughs> beers before you come down?" Yeah, like, yeah. No, 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 I wasn't doing that. Yeah. But, but yeah, I, I could easily drink twelve to fourteen beers before a workout, and I was up until like it was like the first month of being at uh, the brotherhood and familyhood space, which for those that don't know is a uh, it's just a beach-style workout that we do sort of early in the morning. Mm-hmm. Um, big group of people. And, yeah, I was still drinking the Friday nights because that was, that was my big... That was Friday night was all Friday night. Yeah, yeah. You know, as soon as you leave work, get your drink, straight mm-hmm. from the bottle, home you get, and just get blind. Yeah, which would be, um, for, I think, for a lot of people, that's, you know, especially which I've sort of, you know, I think for a lot of people, if they're working jobs... They're just high stress. They're yep. not really passionate about it. That Friday, sort of, to just release the tension of the fucking working week. Just like, yeah. well, I've worked hard this week. I've earned this. I'm going to go yeah. have some, and then, you know, off to off they go. Off to the races, exactly. Off, the, off yeah. to the races. So. And, that, and yeah, and I was doing that while I was still up here. Mm. And it wasn't until I started to really get involved with this community of exercising and training each day 
and meeting like-minded people mm. that I felt that I didn't need to drink anymore because yeah. I'm, I'm now learning to how to have fun sober, yeah, yeah. which is what this podcast, that's another thing that I really want to bring mm. to others is how to have fun sober because that's the advice that I needed when I tried to quit. Yeah, That's what I needed and I couldn't find it. I couldn't yeah. find ways to have fun sober for, for myself. Mm. Um, my counsellor recommended um, going to local dragon boat racing Mm-hmm. Which, um, <laughs> you know, there's nothing against Dragon Boat Racing, but it's just not for but you. But it's not for me. Yeah. I mean, I've mentioned that, you know, because how long you've been with the group now? Is it three months? Pretty three, much three, three months, months yeah. Because yeah, uh, we have a little, we've got a brother ball coming up in a couple of weeks, and we've been asked to uh, show our transformations. Now, I didn't take any pictures of how I used to look. I mean, there's pictures of me when I was a fat alcoholic cunt, <laughs> but I didn't take any pictures of me when I started. And I mean, I've always, I guess, had sort of. I mean, I certainly dropped a lot of body fat, whatever, um, from starting with these workouts. But but Mitch himself, like, is like I've seen sort of where he was, and, and he's become a lot leaner, a lot sort of a lot more muscle tone and everything. And yeah, he's he's been consistent. I guess very consistent. Yeah, coming down and, and yeah, so it's it's awesome to sort of see the progression and. Um, yeah, it's good stuff. Good Thanks, sort of man. transformation. You oh, know. Thank you very much. <laughs> However, I put it together. Yeah, yeah. No, I appreciate that. And I think, yeah, I've lost lost probably seven or eight kilos in the space of three months, especially since quitting drinking. It's yeah. just kind of fallen off. You know, like it's it's funny. I mean, I think a lot of the reason I quit drinking was behavioural, emotional, mm. mental. But there's so many side benefits to quitting too. Mm. Financial health reasons. Oh yeah. Your relationships become better. Yeah. Like everything in my life is improving. Yeah. Everything in my life mm-hmm. is improving since quitting drinking. Yeah. Absolutely. I mean, yeah, like I mean my experience as well, just like everything everything is so much better. Yeah. Um and I think we've sort of gone over before and it's it was my because certainly I had this experience and you probably did I mean you sort of said as well, it's just like when you quit drinking it's just like well, um, I guess I'm never going to have fun again. Yes, I have definitely had that thought. Yeah. And I held that thought for a long time. Mm. And I think it's what they call sort of, they call it like being a dry drunk. So you're basically, you're, you're sober, but you're just like, yeah, I guess you, you fucking just, you just mope around just like, oh, this is shit. Because, yep. yeah, you just, you remember sort of, I used to, you know, there was a temporary sort of time where you felt good, which was sort of the starting, I guess, starting your night, just hitting it, hitting it. And then it would just go wherever it went. But um, I guess, because I guess for me, like, what I, I mean, I, like, I remember I was just like, oh, well, I quit drinking and it all sorts itself out. That was what I had in my head um, when I eventually, <laughs> yeah. it was just like, yeah, this is, this is what I need to sort out. If I just quit drinking, then it all sorts itself out. And it's mm-hmm. not sort of the case. Like, you actually have to make an effort um, to do sort of, it's like, okay, you've, you've I mean, especially for me, when I quit drinking, like, I had so much time. There was so much more time open to me to sort of explore other things. And, um, I mean, back to sort of the benefit. I mean, the first things I noticed was sleep was so much better. And I, did, I found I didn't need as much sleep. I mean, there's, there's plenty of sort of things you can go into with that. And, you know, like, financially you save so much money because, you know, the tolerance you build up, the more piss you go to drink, and then it's just, um, you know, However much you're drinking at home, and then how when you go out, and then you just blow a couple hundred, two hundred. What's the most you've spent in the night? Like it's hard to say because, like, yeah, it's that's why I sort of. I mean, that's what I use now. Like, if I'm looking to buy something, 
and I'm not, and I'm kind of just not too sure. It's like, ah, oh, it's a lot of money. And it's like you, you switch back to like you used to spend hundreds of dollars every weekend on piss, and it's just like, yeah, okay. And even just going out, going out to dinner, especially like for me, like even like dating, you, know, you cut the alcohol out. It's just it's just the meal. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I eat quite a bit, but it's like it still would be less if we were. I mean, especially if I was still drinking. Fucking, oh. and then I'd be drinking before the day. I mean, I've had yeah. I had those as well, which sort of went all pear shaped, understandably. Ooh, um, but yeah, I mean, I, I guess the most I would have spent in a night wasn't on. I mean, wouldn't have been on drinking, but then would have been on sort of other things that come yeah, from that. Like ancillary costs of yeah, drinking. Yeah. So I mean, yeah. whether that's you know, I mean, you get you get all the alcohol, and you get fucking guess you Ubers and taxis. If you, went, if you end up in strip clubs, if you end up in brothels, like that sort of shit. Yeah, yeah. Um, there's, there's that because, I mean, that was, I was thinking about just like, I guess the one thing, um, maybe the one thing I thought positive about drinking was just like, I didn't give a shit if my money just, I just, oh, you just don't care. You're just like, fuck it, who cares? Money ball, for everyone. <laughs> ball out. Yeah. Yeah, you become very careless on your, um, you yeah, it's just like, oh, well, it's very in the moment. Yeah, you just you're just in the moment, and um, I remember a story like with one of my old mates, and we'd sort of yeah we'd, we'd like partying, like just partying, and, we'd, and this would be in our early twenties, and you know there'd be there'd be people we knew that would save, like they were working to save up to buy a house. They they had already switched on for the future, and we're just like oh, these fucking idiots. Like what? <laughs> you know what? Live in the now, like live in the now, fucking enjoy life. And then you know these people have got houses, and you know I don't have a house, and you know. They probably bought it when it was like twelve dollars, and now houses are like two hundred bazillion dollars now. Yeah, yeah. And they just, they just keep going up because mm-hmm. fucking people like you fucking move from other. Yeah, we come to the Gulf Coast, no, fuckers. Yeah, damn yeah. it. Yeah, why do they come here? Yeah, I can't work it out. Yeah, no, I can't work it out. That's just you get people like that who are just like, oh, these people moving here. It's just like, have you seen what's fucking out here? Have you lived in Sydney? Have you lived in Melbourne? Like, yeah, yeah. You know, I can understand why, especially now. Coming into winter, okay. yeah, it'll be good to, as uh, as we record a few more of these, it'll be good to open up some stories. I yeah. feel like there'll be some entertainment value uh, for those. I guess the first the first episode, we thought we would uh, sort of give a brief background to yeah where where we are mm. because of well, I guess how we got here, mm-hmm. and it's been it's been a pretty been a pretty serious. Conversation, I'd say this one, but yeah. I think it's a good way to start. Just yeah. lay the foundations, but uh, but I do think it'll be a good laugh. Mm-hmm. I know we've talked about some stories uh, in some early morning ocean swims that will <laughs> give some people a few laughs. Um, so that'll be good. Yeah, to, uh, sort of bring those out as time goes on. Yeah. So I mean, what's the? Um, so yeah, we got about an hour now. Yeah, so. I think I think that's a good good way to wrap it up. Yeah. Don't want to fucking blabber on too long. No, no. We've got to hang on for the few viewers that we do. Yeah, for, for the time being. <laughs> yeah. So, I guess, awesome. I guess that was the Last Drinks podcast. Episode one. Episode one. I'm Will Hitchens. This is Mitchell Ford. Uh, we'll see you in the next one. Thanks. Bye. Yeah, the hat. Fancy a bag? Bag anyone? <laughs>